0: My webcam stopped working again today, so... um...
1: We don't get to see our usual shirtless Phil.
0: Hi, I'm Phil Smith and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. Yes, we are back one more time to do... Eurovision 2014, live from Denmark. Before I get any further into things, let me introduce you to the voice of the people, Dan Irvin. Hi, Phil. The voice of an angel, Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. The voice of reason, Alex Smith. Hi, Phil. And the voice of the Taxpayers Alliance, Simon Rickenback.
1: Hi, Phil just to say that that is categorically untrue
0: in what way do you want to refute it at all
1: or
2: he doesn't pay tax that's what he's saying
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes we are at eurovision 2014 this is one of my all-time favorites and by one of i mean my number one all-time favorite show uh this eurovision had practically everything except a good interval act everything else the stage was brilliant the quality of the songs is unbelievable and the hosts well they were so good they got cast in game of thrones or at least one of them did good old pilu so does anyone have any memories of either 2014 or, or eurovision 2014
3: 2014 world cup scotland tried to leave the uk a bit and then decided not to Ricky Gervais ruined the Muppets ISIS
0: was formed. <laughs> Should we move swiftly on? <laughs>
2: uh,
0: yes, Eurovision twenty fourteen was hosted in sunny Copenhagen, hosted by Nikolaj Koppel, pilu Asbeck, and Lisa Rana, in the B and W which I presume translates to the B and W Hall. Um, it was an incredible show and we shall highlight some excellent moments for you but before we go anywhere i have a big big surprise for everyone come the end of the show oh my right so moving on away from the opening banter uh we go to song number one song number one comes from the netherlands this is the common lunettes with Calm After the Storm. introduction after the song alex
3: thank you very much phil uh, and wow i mean first things first the song is set uh amongst an incredibly dark arena an incredibly dark backdrop and with with this duet of the common linnets, woman all in white man all in black it's as if they're the only two in the entire arena and we then fall into this delightfully romantic song sung in the underused as I think kind of acoustic and country style. I think increasingly
0: used is probably uh, the correct description yeah yeah it's it's becoming much more popular at Eurovision uh, since this one. they were the they were the groundbreakers I think
3: well, they go well in which case power to them because you know thinking back to 2014 this sort of style of song was never going to win. Eurovision, but they deliver it with such incredible power and intensity. It gives a real kind of Johnny Cash, June Carter vibe. It's 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 really, really good. There's a cracking guitar solo in the middle. And, you know, if you sort of close your eyes, you can imagine you're sort of listening to two Texas lovers meeting in a country saloon uh, that just sort of that, that kind of imagery just washes over your imagination. Credit to the Netherlands for making what at the time was a really tricky genre uh, work, given the given the Eurovision audience. I think they absolutely nail it. It's a lovely romantic love song. Uh, props to them. Really enjoyed it.
0: Overwhelmingly positive. That's wonderful. Uh, Dan, what did you make of this one?
4: As the podcast correspondent on soppy duets and with a secret <laughs> soft spot for a bit of country music, I did, of course, quite enjoy this song. It's peaceful, calming and inoffensive. The female half of the duet has a vibe that's somewhere between Dolly Parton and Duffy, um, while the male yeah. half has gone for something between Billy Ray Cyrus and Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> However, for a country that gave us Duncan Lawrence, Celia and yes, even Anouk, this is questionably weak entry. Um, it feels to get out of second gear. The stage performance is dark, as Alex has highlighted, and it's quite basic, in my opinion. Um, ultimately, it's not going to make people pick up the phone for it.
1: <laughs> i have i have exactly the same notes i think like this is a probably one of the better examples of a country song at eurovision But well, i can't see myself picking up the phone for it i wouldn't kick you out of my house if you were but for it's not exciting me and i think this dan's absolutely nailed it on the staging it starts quite well i quite like the road but then with the with the camera zooming in on each of the protagonists it, it doesn't, there's not much else there. Maybe something impressive is happening and you just don't see it.
3: I think that's what's brilliant about it, though. That's so rare. You know, when you think of all the pyrotechnics, what have we what have we reviewed on this podcast? Pyrotechnics, uh, the sort of women falling down ropes. Uh, we had this sort of... Um, vertigo pole. Vertigo poles with the Aussies up the poles. We had this climbing frame last week with Moldova. Um mm-hmm you know to strip all that away and just have a camera uh encircling these two singers i, I thought that was what made it quite powerful but it's it's
1: definitely bold it's it's it, it, you take that decision that you think your song is interesting enough on its own that you don't need to do something interesting with the staging and it either pays off or it doesn't i do think <laughs> from what i've said though, i do think this does i i do think this does work i think it's a good entry but i i, I wanted a bit more from it i, I was sort of I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it was the the best Eurovision thing I'd ever heard. I
0: I, I really want to challenge you on not doing something interesting with the staging, because I I think they have. I think it's it's understated for sure, but it's not dull and lifeless. It's sort of moody and intense, intense, yeah. Intense, yeah, and. I, I don't I don't know this for sure at all, but I'm pretty sure there's some sort of colour filter that they've applied. They seem more washed out than the normal. Uh, and certainly that, that long shot where they're encircling them and then the guitar player, that was a sort of, I think it's about a two minute long shot, which at this point was the longest shot that had ever been done at Eurovision. It's uh, innovative staging in my book. Uh, yes it's understated but uh, it's impactful for me anyway. Um Minnie we haven't heard from you.
2: Yeah I've also written Washed Out but I think it's to the detriment of the performance. It just looks to me like the lighting guy's kind of fallen asleep and <laughs> I think it's already quite a drab song and so I feel like the darkness only kind of shrouds it in even more dreariness uh i also think the common Linnets is a terrible name i'll give you that one yeah and that's something of a theme this week there are some bad names coming up (laughs) and also matthew crosby is credited as a writer on the song yes it was the guy from pappy's yes he is yeah i don't
0: think it's the same one
2: well if so it's uh not the worst thing he's written i did catch an episode of bad alts on bbc3 (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, and to be honest, if we're talking about bad things that Matthew Crosby's done, uh, his moustache surely has to top the list.
2: I think he also wrote on um, Mr T's World's Craziest Fools. Oh, yes. Now, that is niche. But that's a, I mean, that's just a good show, so...
1: World's Craziest what? Fools. 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 I thought he said balls. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a show that only gets
0: shown on specialist channels. That's so embarrassing. Like. Bodies, isn't it? <laughs> World's craziest bulls. Working title. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, so we've got a real mix of takes there. Um, so let's move on to uh, the usual format point: do's and nil points. So, did anyone like to give this their do's pois?
3: Yeah, Phil, I'd like to give this my 12 points. Um, I, I'm a secret fan of uh, sort of country country music and uh, this this tingled the old cockles, as they say. I thought it was a really good effort and something a bit different, 12 points.
1: D- do they say that? Yeah. Tingled the old
3: cockles, I don't know. Tingled the
1: old cockles. Tingle the cockles? There's, so there's, you, can warm, you can warm the cockles. I don't know if you can tingle them yeah there's a
0: there's a special gel that you can get to tingle your cockles but um oh, tickle trout tickle the old trout no that's worse <laughs> um and for those that it didn't tingle the cockles off <laughs> does anyone want to give it their nilpwa no okay so it's a solid if not spectacular start for the netherlands then so we come to predictions uh the placings of the songs that I've selected this week are 2nd, 4th, 14th, 15th, and 23rd. So, uh, Dan, where do you think this one came?
4: I'm going to say 14th.
0: Right. We shall move on to song number two then. Song number two comes from one of my... favorite nations at Eurovision. This is Malta. Malta have sent a, a band called Firelight and this song is Coming Home. Interestingly, are a uh, Maltese pop folk band, as you might have heard. Uh, they're also a family band, a bit like the Nolan Sisters, the Jackson um, Five,
3: Boney M.
2: A Boney M. A family? No, Boney M. Are a family? Did you think they <laughs> were the Boney family?
1: <laughs> Why did you say that? It's just such unmitigated
0: <laughs> shit. I don't know. I thought they were a family. <laughs> What? Hi, I'm
3: Steve Boney M. No, maybe because one of their songs is Daddy Cool. I just assumed that was about the dad. I don't
2: know. Why didn't you go with Sister Sledge then, mate? They think we are family. Have you heard Daddy Cool? A woman has an orgasm in the middle of it. That's not about her dad.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm flawed and I'm going to pretend that uh, I had a really great introduction here, uh, but Alex's ad-libbing nightmare has thrown me completely off my game. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna open this up. Dan, what did you make of this one?
4: 2014 was just 13 years after Moldovan and <laughs> independence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2014 was about the height of the weird Mumford and Sons folk music phase. The song, of course, reminded me very much of the I Will Wait song. I will wait, I will wait you. Home. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Alex. Mumford & Sons, great family band. <laughs> <laughs> so I never really understood that phase, the Mumford & Sons phase. Men dressed like medieval shit shovelers playing the same note over and over again really fast to produce a diddly 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 sound while the lead shit shoveler yodels. But this song did win me over in the end. It's catchy, it's wholesome, and it's upbeat. It's a decent song, even if the lead shit shoveler is pretend playing his diddly diddles on some giant wooden sunglasses. Dan, Dan, just for
0: for reference, the uh, wooden sunglasses that uh, Richard is playing is actually an Appalachian dulcimer, an American traditional instrument related to the European zither. Um, Alex, what did you make of this one?
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, like Dan, I'm not a massive fan of the uh, Maltese Mumford & Sons. I never really got that into the kind of folk rock music scene. And uh, we'll see if the, uh, the girlfriends... Still listening to the podcast 19 episodes in because she absolutely adores Mumford & Sons. So uh, we'll wait and see if I get a clip around the ear for slagging them off. Um, oh, yeah, I don't really think it works. We had this a few weeks ago with Germany and their little sort of, you know, cafe style band where they've got, you know, everyone's sort of playing an instrument. We know they're not playing it. So I think that just if you've got one or two people pretending to play an instrument fine but on this occasion we've got six people all pretending to play instruments which is i I don't know a bit a bit daft a bit silly
0: minnie what did you make of maltese mumfords
2: yeah i'm on the same page as alex and dan insofar as i think the indie folk revival of the early 2010s is the worst thing to happen to music since buddy holly's plane crash (laughs) shout out to the drummer who plays the tambourine with one hand, spins a drumstick with the other hand while playing the harmonica. Apart from that, I wish this act would folk off.
0: Simon, you you like a bit of folk music. Mumford & Sons, was this to your taste?
1: Not really, Phil. Uh, I agree with the guys. It sounds like Mumford & Sons, but it's not even like Pete Mumford & Sons. It's the sort of later albums after they ditched the banjo, which was the kind of like only original thing about them. They've got rid of that and it's just, you know, here we are doing a pretty generic, we're coming home country genre song, which is a bit of a Eurovision trope, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a trope I like. I like, I do like a lot of the tropes. They're tropes for a reason, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been done before and since and somewhere in the middle as well. However... Uh, probably feels a little bit optimistic of me, but did anyone give this their 12 points?
2: Didn't think so. Nilpoise then, hit me up. Yes, yeah, Nilpoise from me. Notar to Malta. That's my terrible rhyme of the week. It's Minnie Myers,
0: rhyme time. Predictions then. Alex, where do you think
3: this one came? I think it probably came 15th. I- Not enough going for it to to bump it into the top five. So, yeah, middle of the pack, 15th.
0: We shall move on then to song number three. Song number three comes from Armenia. This is the modernly titled Aram MP3. I at least presume it was modernly titled when he named himself. And this is his song, Not Alone. But do you know who is alone? Simon (laughs) Reckenbach.
1: As you were saying in the introduction, Phil, it is a shit name, isn't it? It's a bit like if I was called Simon Floppy Disc. It sort of ages everything about the performance in a kind of perfect way. Yeah, it does. It's like uh, Alex Limewire.
3: (laughs) Freudian insight into your mind there, Simon, that you would associate yourself with a floppy disc rather than, you know, a hard drive.
1: (laughs) There's a vision for us all here in what Mini would look like if he ever grew up. Aaron MP3 looks like an older, grown-up version of Mini, complete with perfect teeth. He presents to us all one of my Eurovision favourites. I think it's a really interesting song, probably musically more interesting than the singing performance, particularly at the start. It takes ran a while to get into a stride and then halfway through it's the drop you've all been waiting for dubstep at Eurovision and as I was saying with with the Netherlands being the best example of folk for a long time I think this is the best example of dubstep at Eurovision it doesn't rely on that dubstep element too much but there's that clear musical influence and yeah I, I'm a big fan.
0: Mini what did you make of your lookalike?
1: I thought
2: he looked more like Rami Malek than he did me. So it's nice to know that I could play Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is the year after Cesar, and they've decided that Dubstep is here now in Eurovision. <laughs> it's uh, a more conservative performance than Cesar, obviously, but he holds the stage really well. His effective use of the pyrotechnics, as mm-hmm. uh, an intense sound of the song and his performance. It's like Simon said, a horrible name. An artist, not just because it sounds dated, but the MP3 is a famously compressed format known more for its convenience than anything else. So I have to question his judgment, if not his ability. What What
0: I will say for Aram at this point is that uh, he made his name in Armenia more as a musical comedian than a, a straight musician. This was his sort of first effort to move into more mainstream music, if you will. Uh, so I think the the name is more of a legacy of his comedy days than uh, anything else but yeah it's still it's still bad isn't it um Alex what did you make of Aram?
3: While I do agree that he does sort of um slowly meander his way along for the first sort of two minutes before it really gets anywhere I think it was getting somewhere it didn't need the drop and I I appreciate what you're saying Simon it's a nice and sort of interesting and almost exciting uh, drop into dub set but I'm not entirely sure it needed it because it was already sort of getting into quite a kind of intense crescendo it's, it's strange but in a good way um, his singing style is very intimidating almost kind of like a hungover school teacher sort of telling you off with that sort of Gravelly voice, uh, but I, I, I quite liked it. I wasn't wasn't bowled over by Armenia, but, but um, <laughs> it was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, were you trying
0: to do the uh, bowled over by Moldova line, but then realised this <laughs> is real, Armenia.
3: This is Armenia. <laughs> well, they got the same colours in the flag.
0: Um, Dan, what did you make of this?
3: I think I have to side slightly more with Alex than the
4: other two. Um, I get the concept. You have this diminutive figure singing a sad song in the first two minutes and the bass drops and it reveals his magnificent Conchita-style vocal range. Unfortunately, Aram MP3 does not possess anything like that. And I'd go as far to say we see the full extent of his abilities inside that first two minutes, very much like our German friend from uh, Max from 2004. To be fair, maybe some of the sound quality was lost when compressing Aram.wav to Aram.mp3.
0: <laughs> I'm quite fond of this song. I'm with I'm with Simon and Minnie on this one. I find some of their staging interesting. I'm not necessarily sure it's it's brilliant, but uh, I'm I'm fond of the the light cage that he finds himself standing in. I think it's better executed by Sweden in the same year, Sana Nielsen's undo she's in a a much stronger cage but it is a very nice effect nonetheless i like the wind machine that's there solely for his coat but most of all i love the ever so slight judder that they give to the background when the bass drops before it turns into the eye of Sauron. it is it's such a minor detail but it just really emphasizes that drop and really Uh, brings out that little bit extra it's a it's a lovely finishing touch to this song I think it's well executed as opposed to many of the songs that we have said have have lacked uh, execution but had potential I think this one maximizes its potential Uh, so any final words on this one from anyone if not we shall move into the do's and the nil pois so would anyone like to give aram mp3 their douze
3: pois. uh yeah thank you phil i'd like to give this my douze Pois, please
0: thank you simon uh would anyone like to give armenia their nil
3: Pois? good okay
1: <laughs> <Another> <laughs> simon
3: mid- were you actually going to give it your 12 i assumed you were which is why i did the joke uh,
1: yeah i am i am giving it
3: my 12, <laughs> yeah. we actually don't need simon <laughs> Um,
2: Predictions
0: then please
2: Uh, Mini Middle of the pack I'm going to say 14th I think Aram MP3 is good but in theory and quality to Katrina and the Wabs
0: (laughs) (laughs) Song number 4 then Song number 4 comes from the most northerly island nation that I'm aware of Iceland and no it's not Fire Saga This week it is Poloponk and this is their song No Prejudice.
2: There, so I come to Mini. Thank you, Phil, for giving me the stand-up drama again, <laughs> <laughs> every time. And thank you, genuinely, for giving me a brightly coloured suit-wearing punky kids band led by a Tim Key look-alike. It only took 19 <laughs> episodes and almost as many years of friendship, but you finally pinpointed my musical taste. Yay! I think it's a fun song. It's got quite clever and positive lyrics about stammering and respect for one another. It's got a bit of simple choreography thrown in and a disco breakdown. Unfortunately, the tech guy spends the whole number playing Candy Crush without realising his phone is plugged into the projector. (laughs) They couldn't do
0: that whole grid background without someone trying a sort of Tetris style uh, background for one of the songs. Surely it it was always likely. Um, to this day it's it's as i say it's my absolute favorite eurovision staging and i have no idea how they've done it either from a technical perspective Uh, i can presume there's leds in the grid but then how they how they have the front I'm, i'm baffled but amazed i love it um simon you're usually sunny and happy on such things what did you make of this one
1: yeah this one's great isn't it how can you not smile when you listen to this song particularly that breakdown in the middle it's such a positive message with a chorus that's so easily recognizable that even six years since I last heard it probably I actually started singing along the first time I heard this because I remembered the structure and how it all went together I I really like it to me there's a a sort of similarity between this and Iceland's 2020 entry not in the musical style but in the sort of dorkish irreverence of the whole thing yeah it's a, a good number one of my favorites I almost gave this my 12.
0: I know what you mean, Simon. I do I do get the similarities to, to Daddy Freya.
1: I'll put that down as well.
0: I think this shows uh, Pietro and the music stars how to do the wiggles successfully at Eurovision.
1: Do we think the wiggles are big in Iceland? Is that
3: they're big all over the world, mate. Get some yeah, culture. They? Get some culture. Fucking hell. Have they even got platinum in Switzerland? <laughs> <It's> double platinum. <laughs> they've sold 800 records mate <laughs> I, I
0: do i do have good news for you though we have gone quadruple platinum in switzerland everybody woo, woo,
1: woo, woo. yes
0: um dan what did you make of polar punk
4: this is a great entry on many levels um firstly the song is brilliant and catchy there's a late 90s kind of indie sound kind of some 41 kind of vibes any of the number bands um obviously it's uh, the stage is different to that but um it might not be musically perfect but it's clear they're not going for that the the message of the song is clearly about equality as referenced through the lyrics and even the title no prejudice that's also neatly together with a perfect visual performance with the use of bright colors and simple but constantly evolving backgrounds it's clearly going for a specific look and vibe and i think it nails it how many times have we complimented a stage performance but been baffled as one backing singer appears to have the wrong outfit on here they nail it, everything is perfect. Each performer's wearing a unique colour, matching outfit. They blend perfectly with what's going on behind them. Um, the dance routine towards the end is probably not necessary, but it's well choreographed, quite day Freya, as Simon says, and adds an extra layer to what I think is a great overall performance from Iceland.
3: Uh,
4: Alex, what about you?
3: I do like the song, however, I don't view it as quite the same level of enjoyment and positivity and so much as I think this song tries to do too much and it's the classic idiom of being a jack of all trades and a master of none a little bit like on a video game if ever you create a character and you've got a certain number of kind of points to allocate to certain skills or traits you can never be brilliant at everything when you sort of it's 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 a song that to me has sort of got level four Across the, the neatness, the outgoingness, the activeness, the playfulness, the niceness on The Sims. I think the song is pretty catchy, but it's catchy with the line, bub, 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 which is not probably something you're going to be wandering around the shopping centre singing along to with this on your iPod, I assume.
4: Just me then. <laughs> uh,
0: they are the Icelandic Wiggles. They are, a, as described on their Wikipedia page, an Icelandic punk-inflected children's music band. Uh, a couple of the uh, band members are preschool teachers. Uh, sorry, I'm just creating more content for Phil Scats the hits. Um, I think
2: he was singing this song.
0: <laughs> so the band is actually uh, four members. The orange and the purple uh, people on stage are, are not members of the band. Uh, the one in purple is actually a member of Icelandic Parliament and the uh, the man in orange is a, a heavy metal member uh, who originally didn't want to join uh, a band going to represent Eurovision until he realised that it was displaying the same sort of prejudice that the song was talking about. Oh, isn't that nice?
3: When we come to do the awards at the conclusion of the podcast, mm. uh, I don't know what we'll call them. The isolation
0: the euros.
3: Right, that's been taken. Well, yeah. When it, when we come to do the awards, I think most fun nation is surely nailed on for Iceland. I mean, they they send such a range. I mean, famously, Eurovision you get a range of different musical entries and bands. But but Iceland do seem to be a hell of a lot of fun. I can't see anyone else winning the most fun.
0: Well, I, uh, I think Moldova surely is well, is. well,
3: very very true, very true. But I sort of think. Of these guys and and Daddy Freya and who were the weirdos from twenty
0: nineteen? Hitari.
1: What about Sylvia Knight?
3: (laughs) Yeah. So you know, like (laughs) bastards. They uh they've got a deep pool of just good fun Eurovision entries.
0: My favourite part of this is that I I would really love to move to Iceland. They've got what, sort of, four hundred thousand people there? Uh, everyone seems to have three jobs these guys are in the Icelandic Wiggles but two of them are teachers Uh, one of them's in blooming parliament like you get to do three things at once if you live in Iceland we could represent Eurovision if we move to Iceland boys Uh, right Uh, Well, can I just say I am I'm really thrilled that you all like this one this is one of my favorites going into to 2014 uh, but I, I didn't think any of you guys would like it or have much to say so I, uh, I almost didn't include it in this rundown so no, I'm, I'm genuinely thrilled that you all like this uh, Douze pois, please me more
4: Yes Phil, I would like to give this my douze Um I'd, like, I'd take on board some of Alex's criticism there that I think they are trying to do a bit too much but for what it's worth, I loved all of it so douze pois
2: amazing
4: anyone else yeah douze poise from me
2: iceland really tickled my prawn ring this week
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to predictions uh dan where do you think this one landed
4: i'd like to think this did quite well i'm sure it didn't but i'm gonna go with fourth wow that's that's all of our
0: do's poise used up so i think i i think we can say that Iceland and Polyponk have won the episode. Uh, unfortunately, we still have three nilpois still to allocate. So I shall move on swiftly to song number five. Uh, this song comes from Poland. But before I go too far on that, I'd just like to, uh, apropos of nothing in particular, ask which members of the podcast have, have a girlfriend. I'll
1: put myself in that category, proudly. Me also.
3: Yes, also proudly.
0: So Alex, Simon and Dan all have girlfriends. Two of us (laughs) proudly. I'd like you to bear that in mind whilst we listen to Donatan and Cleo's My Slovani, we are Slavic. Dan, I shall say no more. Take it away.
4: Where to start with this one? First of all, the cultural influences are pretty heavy. Pretty much everything on the stage has been given a very Polish look. The song is sung partially in Polish and the lyrics, where they are in English, clearly are referencing the fact that they are Slavic and proud. I do normally like to see it, but this is quite in your face in more ways than one. Um... The song is some kind of Slavic-inspired rap, I think, with slow musical moments interspersed with shouty rap. It's it's not really for me. I'm not sure who it's for at all, really. Anyway, then we come to the um, what are we calling her? Milkmaid, booby lady,
0: butter churner, or the washerwoman.
4: <laughs> it's a strange and unashamed use of this woman to effectively put her body on show for votes. The only small saving grace that I can think of is that her purpose is hinted at in the song itself, talking about Slavic people being beautiful. But the milk-churning disguise is clearly not designed to fool anyone. It's pretty shameless.
0: I I would challenge that I know exactly who this song is targeted at, Dan, but uh, we'll digress. Uh, Simon, what did you make of this one?
1: The ultimate test of whether sex sells, I guess. And if I remember rightly, did, did the UK give this its maximum points on the televote on the
0: televote it did the uh, juries outruled that though and it ended up getting no points from the uk under that voting system but yes why, it would have
3: why, it, why was that outruled
0: what was that about so it was it was in an era where they combined the televote and the jury vote 50 50 uh and so and what they did is they would rank the votes from the televote 1 to 26 and then uh once they combined them, that gave them an overall rank on which they allocated the points. So whilst the British public uh, televoted this uh, number one, I think with the juries it came 24th or 25th, something pretty low down, uh, which meant that they ended up in, uh, I want to say, in about 11th place overall, which meant no points, unfortunately.
1: And I think quite quite justified the juries in giving this a low ranking because quite aside from the performance stuff the singing is is terrible probably the worst from an all girl group since xxl in 2000 with their 100% number oh, this is just like terrible one this is terrible. It's screeching. It's it, like when you're playing it just then, it, it's genuinely hard to listen to. It hurts my ears. So, I, you know, quite apart from the sort of voyeurism of it, I, I thought musically it just wasn't It so, wasn't up to scratch. So
0: what you're saying is that your objection to the song was purely musical and that the staging you were quite fond of?
1: No, I, I'm. I'm saying as well as objecting to the staging, <laughs> I'm also objecting to the music. And that is why I don't think it's a very good euros entry. Um, Alex, uh, third of the uh,
0: the Three Musketeers
3: here. Occasionally on this podcast, we've had songs that we sort of feel like might have been written and uh, entry encouraged by the tourist board of the the competing nation. And it's sort of interesting that this is could be one of those songs. And it's interesting that they've lent hard on uh going down the sort of theme of how beautiful and voluptuous and singing about the virtues of polish women in terms of trying to encourage people to come and visit poland um it's all a bit bizarre um and not in a particularly good way there's you know there's camp at eurovision there's sexy at eurovision this is just lecce um and and quite quite unpleasantly so it's so brazenly in your face just, you know, tits out while I churn this butter. Uh, it's not especially classy and not particularly enjoyable in that sense. The chorus, as you've already identified, is 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 unbelievably and unbearably screechy and grating. Uh, you know, you don't listen to this for pleasure. There might be some that would uh, watch this for pleasure. Um, interesting. I was going to say, you know, we know the Eurovision clientele. You know, this is not something the Eurovision clientele picks up and gives 12 points for, for crying out loud. Surely we know what Eurovision is all about. You know, and who's going to give this their 12 points? Oh, the the UK. Uh, Minnie, as a
0: unbiased voice uh, without a, a girlfriend listening over your shoulder to your thoughts, uh, what did you make of this one?
2: Funny that Alex said Letchy, because I think the Spanish would say that's what she's churning. <laughs> Eurovision's often flirted with sex, usually in the kind of realm of scantily clad people gyrating, but this is on another level, this pole-on-pole action they've got going on, and <laughs> I agree about the song, it's a horrific noise, it's a milk-churning performance but a stomach-churning song.
4: Yeah,
0: the, the song is bad, isn't it? The song is really bad. But I, I remember on the on the night of the of the semi final for this one when it came up, and I'd heard the song and the music video doesn't really go into into the staging of this quite. Uh, so I was absolutely howling with laughter when I saw the staging for the first time. I thought it was hilarious. I I, I liked what they were trying to do with a sort of innuendous take on sexuality as opposed to uh, put them in the skimpiest
2: bikini that they can and let them gyrate around the floor.
1: I don't think it's that subtle, though.
2: I mean, she literally disrobes and then starts churning butter with her tits at the camera. I I don't know how it could get any more explicit, really.
0: uh, Yeah, but uh, at least, uh, you know, she's... (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh I God. thought you
1: I thought you'd at least defend it by saying it was subversive or that is
0: what I'm saying a little bit you know I, I you know I think it's I think it's played as much for
1: laughs as it is for downright sexuality I just don't believe that they've submitted this thinking that the purpose is anything other than titillation
0: I, I, I'm I'm just arguing that I think it's equal measures titillation and humour. It's a bit like a Carry On movie, you know. Uh, when when Barbara Windsor's uh, bra pings off, you know, it's it's a joke, but it's also that she's got big boobs.
3: well we've moved past that, haven't we? As a as a means yeah. for comedy.
0: That 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 is true. I I really don't know why I made that comparison. I think the Carry On films are awful.
2: I got Ace Wilder vibes from this song. What? That kind of brattish rap kind of singing. Uh, musically, you got Ace
0: Wilder vibes. Okay, I, I didn't thought... focus much on the music when I was listening to this one.
1: Yeah, I thought you meant that Phil had wanked to both of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um... I tell you, he wouldn't wank.
1: Okay. <laughs> Imagine Matt Baker watching this. Just imagine
3: he'd be his little reaction.
1: In. He'd his little little face. Aghast, I think. Mm. I I don't think he'd know where to look.
3: No, I I agree with you though, Minnie. I think um, I I, I thought this was a sort of not not brattish, but sort of kind of, uh, Hindu who's had one too many spritzes, going to sing about the, the sort of the virtues of womanhood kind of thing.
0: What what I will say about this in its not in its defense but in its attack if you will is I, I think it shows a very backwards view on women and women's rights not only are they um utilizing the bodies but you know the lyrics talk about uh, preparing you delicious food and uh, you know shaking what your mama gave you um I, I think that's quite um retrograde so, yeah, it, it, it's certainly not all massive peaks. Um, there are. <laughs> should, we, should we just move on to the, uh, the do's and nil pois. I don't think we've got any do's pois left in the room. So, boys and relationships, reveal yourselves.
1: Yeah, Phil, it's a nil from me. Musically, it's got less merit than an underprivileged Scottish child after Nicola Sturgeon has lowered their exam results.
4: Niche. Anyone else? Yeah, nil pois from me. Um, It's a pretty dark moment for Eurovision and a dark moment for the UK public, given this 12 points.
3: Um, Thank God for juries. Oh, yeah, I'm in a relationship. No points. Uh,
0: predictions where do we think this one came Simon I'm going to go 14th okie dokie shall I tell you where all of these songs came I'd be really interested to hear from. Uh in 23rd place it was Malta in 15th place it was Iceland and in 14th it was Poland and we are Slavic fourth was armenia not alone but at number two it was the netherlands and the common Lynx. what do we make of that
4: uh, dan yeah i'm uh, i'm surprised with the netherlands there i i genuinely thought that that country song wasn't very good i mean i liked it but i thought that was i would be quite alone in liking that um so to see it finish second is uh, amazing
0: It's an interesting one. It got panned by a lot of people pre-show. It wasn't in many people's top lists. Uh, I think where it won out was the uh, impact of their staging. So I think those that were defending the staging, Alex springs to mind as well as me, you were bang on i think the staging really uh really smashed it out of the park for the netherlands this time around so yes the netherlands came second but they were beaten by the bearded wonder that was conchita verst and rise like a phoenix so next year we are off to vienna in austria but not on this podcast so boys where do you think we're going next any any
2: years that you're still waiting for me to tap into?
1: 2007, Roger Sikoro. 1979,
0: Genghis Khan. Jane, Geng, Geng,
3: Jane, Genghis Khan.
0: People think that Waterloo and uh, 1944 were the the songs that won about war but really when you think about it singing about a gigantic warlord with a giant dancing version of him on stage that's the real winner isn't it
2: it's Abba meets Boney M it's perfect like weird historical pop synthesized
0: all I will say is that Germany have consistently through the years sent absolute batshit crazy stuff um but no we are not going to any of those years in fact we're not going to any year at all because i think it's time that we wrap up what we're doing here i want us to take a a more global view so what i have decided that we shall do is do a bracket we are going to take in my view one of the best songs from each Competing country in the time era that we have been looking at and we are going to do the Eurovision in Isolation best of the rest bracket. (gasps) And so what is even more exciting than that is that we are going to do the live draw for the first quarter of the bracket right now here on the podcast.
3: Are you going to do it in the FA Cup style?
0: oh yeah 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 it's balls in a bag and everything uh i would like to say that for the uh, seeded side of this draw the seeds in in this quarter of the draw are the netherlands latvia germany and azerbaijan now to the draw first game we'll see belgium versus georgia andorra will face Iceland Croatia we'll be facing Cyprus and
3: Belarus we will be playing Australia let's we some well yeah you know I think uh, Australia will be thinking they've got a good draw there as well Iceland they'll be thinking about a uh, place in the round of 32
0: i i think the the big draw there is is croatia Cyprus I think both of them would have fancied their chances to get through this round mm. uh, so one of them is going to be dropping out um both big songs um I can say that the songs range from from 2006 through to 2019 in this quarter of the draw have actually picked a song from every year from 1998 through to 2019. So uh, there's a lot of musical variety. We won't be back next week, I'm afraid, because our next endeavor takes a little bit more planning. So join us in a few weeks' time when we will be back with the Eurovision in isolation best of the rest bracket. But until then, it's goodbye from the analysts. Goodbye. 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 And it's so long, farewell, a de adieu from moi. Daddy, daddy cool. yeah.
3: daddy, daddy cool. Not next week, you won't believe what the panellists are up against. The best of the rest bracket. You have to listen to believe it as Croatia face Cyprus and Belarus have to take on the mighty newcomers Australia. Actually that sounded more like that and web that. sketch for the Sky Sports football. <laughs> <laughs> the, the titans of Andorra take on the behemoths of Iceland. It's all the Eurovision all the time on the Eurovision in isolation podcast.